Well, hello, everyone. And for those joining us on the live stream at 10 a.m. on Friday morning, the image you're seeing is my fashion magazine cover wearing the puffin sweatshirt. Hello, everyone. It's Peter Dunn, Pete the Planner, the Pete the Planner experience. Dame, I realized that Joe Rogan calls his show the Joe Rogan experience, and I never intended when I said the Pete the Planner experience to try to imitate that it's not that's not my thing what, what do, we're, it's got to be the pete the planner something right i i mean it, because it's your show yes i i think you, we could potentially argue that kristen and i are at least as popular if not more popular than you in some circles yeah. but we'll stick with it i don't know uh anyway so i'm on a magazine cover and uh and i don't think it's my first if i'm being frank uh but it is the first in which i'm wearing a puffin sweatshirt uh and it feels good yeah it's interesting so uh you can where can people get this um dame where do you know where uh pattern indie pattern yeah. as in like uh a pattern <laughs> yeah that's helpful <laughs> pattern indie.com uh and you can see there's a pretty good article actually pretty good article uh so thanks to pattern magazine and by the way all the podcasters uh so sorry sorry <laughs> no idea you can go to pattern indie too you've got ears yeah. everyone settle down dame there's a conspicuous absence on the show here today yeah uh it's it feels empty and i don't think i care for it Kristen is on vacation on staycation and here's the thing um i am of the belief that she is going to be watching this somehow some way today 100 percent. and i hope she's not uh, no offense, I like her very much. I just like we gotta rest the brain. The brain. <laughs> you think she, it stretches her brain to be on this show? <laughs> well, I think it it takes a lot to filter me, and oh. that that's a heavy lift. Uh, Dan's asked an amazing question: How are we doing the Kristen show without Kristen? Uh, it's just and co today. Yeah, it's right. just and co. And then uh, Jason uh, Brown notes, you should be apologizing to those on Facebook Live that have to see the picture, <laughs> not the podcasters who can't see the picture. Very fair, my guy. Um, so Dame, uh, lots to lots to lots to tackle this week. Weird week. We weird week. We're without Tristan. Dynamic week here at your money line. Uh, lots of fun, interesting things happening. Uh, but more than anything, this is an old school radio show, you and me, like it used to be. And uh, before Kristen came in and made it good, that's right. <laughs> oh, we. Oh, there is some there. I I knew I was forgetting something. We have a new affiliate. See, some people on the podcast uh, who maybe joined recently, which is no one. <laughs> like we got people falling <laughs> off. No one's joining. No one's that ridiculous. Um. We're we are an actual radio show. Uh, some of you realize that. Some of you think it's a gag. I don't know what you think, but we have eight affiliates uh, throughout Indiana, and our our latest is in Bloomington, Indiana. WGCL FM News Talk. Um, I don't know why I said it like that, and I also don't know what time the show airs yeah, and what, or what day, day it airs. Yeah. But it's on the weekend. I think this weekend is their first time joining us. But we've got other places. I mean, we're we're in both Lafayette. And Bloomington. We are in Anderson and we are in Kokomo. We are in Mishawaka and we are in Knox and Kendallville. We are everywhere, Dame. 
we are covering a lot of major college cities, actually, and uh, at least within range of a, ma- a lot of major colleges in India. Yeah, South Bend, yeah. Uh, Lafayette slash West Lafayette. We'll just add yeah. the West. Uh, uh, Fort Wayne. Uh, we're we're in you know, Kendallville, where you get the IP. What is it called now? PFW. Yeah, just I was PFW. watching yeah. an NBA game last night, and there was a player on uh, the Grizzlies that played for IPFW. Oh, if I had a minute, I'd think of his name, but he was, uh, I think, the all-time leading scorer at PFW. That would, <laughs> that would track. Yeah. Oh boy, uh, it's fun to talk IPFW sports here on P- the PFW. PFW, get it right. I, what am I calling it? You said IPFW again. What is it? Just PFW. There's no I. No, I I has left the building. I is uh, I still has a few classes there, but P runs the campus now. Yeah, I'm not. Who wants a rebrand? <laughs> Kristen and Co. Back with you. All right, uh, Dame. Three topics today. We've got. I'm so intimidated with Kristen not here. I got to be honest. I don't. I feel like we've lost our anchor, and we have to play it a little bit tighter to the vest today. Uh oh, my daughter's texting me. Oh. Um, I don't know what she's got going. On. Okay, Dame. So you and I took disc profile assessments yes. this past week. Uh, there, how would you describe what it is, not what the result is? Uh, from my perspective, uh, you're gonna be posed with uh, I think it was like 28 questions to try and decide what word describes you best out of that group and what word doesn't describe you uh, at all potentially and what we found out pete and i joke all the time uh, that we are the same person same you know almost the same family almost the same family and what we found out was enlightening would you agree peter we couldn't be any more different actually uh which you know Great. I think that's what makes the show somewhat interesting. Sure, we're both two 45-year-old bald white guys with the last name of Dunn who live in Indiana and have two kids and a wife. But other than that, I mean, uh, we're very different. Yeah. I mean, in reality, it shouldn't have been all that surprising. We just happen – I think it's more surprising that we align on so many things after those seeing the results of that profile. I'm basically a cult leader is what my profile suggests, that I'm, I'm like Jim Jones. And I'm essentially a follower. Yeah. So go figure. Yeah. Uh, uh, by the way, that shipment of Kool-Aid will be to you. Actually, we shouldn't joke about that. That, Probably seems, not. that seems on the nose. I apologize. Yeah. Why am I joking? What's wrong with me? It's Friday. Something a cult leader would do. Miguel? Three. Oh, wait. That was bold. I was just like, you know what? My daughter's like, hey, can you bring something to school? And I'm like, I'm on the radio right now. And by oh, radio, yeah. I mean, you know, whatever. Yeah. Uh, she turns 14 this weekend. Ooh, really it was demanding. Three, three years ago <laughs> on her birthday party is when the NBA season was canceled and Tom Hanks had COVID. And that was like, to me, just such a distinctive moment in time. Do you remember more about the birthday or the things that happened around the birthday? I remember at the birthday party that my dad, we ordered barbecue and my dad's <laughs> standing, like picking on burn ins just like putting it in his mouth and putting his hands back at the barbecue. And I was like, Hey dad, we're in the midst of a global pandemic. Maybe don't uh, rub your saliva all over like five pounds of meat. So that's and, something, something then, my dad would have. And here's to. the thing. Everyone, it was okay. <laughs> that sounded harsh. What I just said. Um, I said it much harsher. 
<laughs> um, and every yeah, I did. It was not my finest moment. Um, and it was much worse. Maybe I'll tell you what I actually said. And then like everyone, all the adults like shoot a look over to me, like calm down. And, mm. and I'm still scoreboarding at this point. I'm still like, oh, well, I mean, sure. None of us got infected by my dad's situation there. Yeah. Well, <sighs> okay. In three, two, one. This week on the Pete the Planner show, we answer your money questions. Here's how the show works. You email us. Ask. It's multimedia. Email us. Ask Pete. It's all one word. I mean, it's actually two words. Slap them together. Ask Pete at PeteThePlanner.com. That's Ask Pete at PeteThePlanner.com. It's financial show. And here's what happens on the financial show. We don't try to sell you anything. We just have a good time. We answer your questions. It's fun. There's two other people on the show. One of them is not here today. So it's Damian Dunn, who's the vice president of advice at Your Money Line. Hello, Dame. Good day, Pete. And in abstentia, I think it's a thing. Kristen Alanius is not here. She's on staycation. And we welcome a new radio affiliate this week, Bloomington's WGCL News Talk. Welcome to the Pete the Planner extravaganza. Uh, Dame, we're glad to have them. Absolutely. The more, the merrier. Now, we don't want to compare affiliates next to each other. That just no. It's like trying to pick a favorite kid. Mine's Ted. Uh, you, you shouldn't do that, right? So uh, I will note, as a financial show, we love being on WIOU in Kokomo. Yeah. We just love it. Yeah. Uh, they, they, they have to ride with us until this show goes off the air. Oh, it could be sooner than you think. All right, Dame, this week on the show, uh, new rule in Secure 2.0 that talks about 529 plans and our ability to roll them into Roth IRAs, which has me tickled. Uh, you know, when I, I actually read that news story and I got excited about it, and then I stopped and a pause of like, what is wrong with me? Why do I care about this? Uh, next, then we have a, a, a college student emailed us. I don't know, probably looking for... Uh, TikTok recommendations or something. Mm -hmm. So we've got that. And then third segment, I'm going to talk about my Indianapolis Business Journal column around mortgage rates and why would you move right now if you have a low interest rate mortgage? Dame, let's start with Secure 2.0. Briefly, uh, this is where Kristen usually comes in handy because yeah. I'll say something like, Christy, tell us a little bit about Secure 2.0. And then she'll just rattle off all these things. So I'm going to go to you for uh, hopefully an <laughs> adequate thing. What is Secure 2.0? Can you do that? Uh, well, be prepared to be disappointed. Secure 2.0 was uh, act uh, enacted. That's great language use right there. Act yep. enacted. That's great. Kristen, come back. Are you listening? Make comments in the, in the, in the show right now. Uh, a whole bunch of different... Uh, laws and changes and parameters, but some of them stood out more than others. And one that we're going to talk about specifically, 529 rules. We've You've heard Pete and I talk about 529s a hundred times on this show and how much we enjoy and uh, advocate for their use for college savings. But there are a few new wrinkles in this. And one that caught both of our eyes was the fact that they are now tied to Roth IRA accounts in a very significant way. Correct, Pete? Correct. So let's pause and do this. Let, let's go back to financial planning from 15 years ago, where 529s are sort of coming into their own. Yes. Actually, what, it's 2023, 15 years. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Hey, I, that worked. All right. So what would happen? I was a financial planner at the time. Were you a financial planner in those days? 
Uh, not yet. Okay, so I was, and I would go out and talk to people at their home, their kitchen table. Can I offer you a cup of coffee? Is it decaf? And it, we'd start going, and 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 we'd talk about college planning for their kids. And I would say, well, there's this thing called it's a, uh, called a five twenty nine plan. It's uh, like a Roth IRA. Mm-hmm. And then they would say, well, what if Timmy doesn't go to college? I'm like, well, what do you care? Your kid's name's Gary. And they're like, ah, ha, it's a good <laughs> joke. Um, why don't we just use a Roth IRA? And I would always say, number one. Um, I hear you and that's a decent idea, but you really can't put enough money into a Roth IRA on an annual basis to make it matter uh, for this purpose. And the other thing is I don't like the idea of Mm co-mingling retirement and college money. And so what Secure 2.0 has done is it says in beginning in 2024, the beneficiaries of 529 account will have the option to roll over up to $35,000 over the course of their lifetime to their Roth IRA. Dame, something something just hit me here. It's the beneficiaries get to move it to the Roth IRA, not the account owner. Yeah. That just hit me. Okay. Well, we just uh, witnessed an epiphany live on radio, folks. I think, Well, now I hate this. I think, oh, man, you're not going to make me change my argument now. Well, no, I just like, well, why do they get the money? They didn't do anything. <sighs> okay. All right. Well, this is going to be a very uh, hand- a pat on shoulder segment now. Okay, okay, okay. So let's let's just get some terms out of the way. There's the account owner, which is theoretically also called the custodian, correct? Uh, e- possibly, yeah. possibly. But yeah. I mean, account owner, which yeah. in my case is me yes. and Mrs. Planner. Actually, just me. I think it has to be an individual. I don't think it yes. could be joint. Correct. Um, and in your house, it's likely uh, Mrs. Advice. Uh, anyway, uh, so uh, you know, what is it? I think it's me, actually. Really? Okay. Uh, So we got that. And then the beneficiary is the kid. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, boy, I I totally blew this. (laughs) Yeah. Now, now, here's a wrinkle, Pete. Beneficiaries can change. Oh, wait, wait, wait. So I can change the benefit. Oh, the account has to have been open for 15 years. But what I could do is, so let's say Ali gets a a scholarship and uh, uh, dressage. I don't know where that came from. Let's say she's in the horse game. She's a weird horse girl, but she's not. But let's say she got it. She got a scholarship. Their money's there. Ted doesn't need it because he's whatever. And so I could change the beneficiary to me and be like, I'm going to go back and get my high school diploma. And then I could roll it over into my own account. Does that work? Um, I have to, I'm trying to find out if there's a restriction on the number of years that a beneficiary has to be the named uh, beneficiary for this to work. But even if it does, if it's five years, let it ride. Right? I am. I mean, look, this is where people may again call me a terrible person. Maybe I'll break off some money. If my kids get scholarships, which I'm not going to, but let's say they did. <laughs> um, I would give him a little bit of money and say, hey, look, we saved this for you. Great job. I'm not going to buy you a Jeep or anything like that. But like, here you go. We saved our butts off for this. But I don't know. I'm just not feeling like I'm just going to be like, oh, here's $150,000. Uh, good job on the scholarship. I 
Do you have a philosophy on this? Well, it can't be $150,000 because it's limited to $35,000. No, but I'm saying like their account could be $150,000. My intent is not to just give them what's in the account. Oh, they yeah, use absolutely. it. Absolutely. Yeah, no. See, my point was before in your prior understanding, my point was going to be <laughs> <laughs> it was going to be this presents some issues for the child long term because it sets them up to be incredibly stable long-term and may not allow them to develop the good habits they need to uh, save with their normal income from the job that they produce. So they would uh, end up consuming all of that income and not having a desire or potentially even a real need to save on their own because it was done by their parents 10, 15 years ago. Yeah, I mean, I guess, I mean, I guess it would be nice that you start a kid's career with $35,000. Let's do some fun here. Okay. Okay. I'm just going back and forth today. I'm a flip-flopper. Let's say you work for 40 years, and I'm going to mm -hmm. put 35000 in at the beginning of your career. Mm -hmm. And we, we will say within 40 years, I, I'm going to go ahead and say that's five doubling periods. Okay, your money oh, will yeah. do. Okay. Yeah. So <sighs> math on the radio. Okay, 35 becomes 70 on one yep. doubling period. 70 becomes 140, mm -hmm. then 280. Oh, mm -hmm. hey, this is where it gets a little tricky. <laughs> 560 yes okay and then the final one is what uh a million 180 or 120 112 uh, somewhere yeah, just over yeah. a million yeah. okay over a million bucks so by doing this you you guarantee what a financial show this is you guarantee which is not a thing or possible that your kid is going to be a millionaire when they're not a kid they're a grandparent I also guarantee that they have uh, – I won't guarantee it. They, the chances are high that they have worse financial habits if you do this. I agree. All right. So I learned something on my own show today. That's good. And Kristen's not even here to tell it to us. Yes. Coming up after the break, we got an email from a college student who really shouldn't listen to us because uh, we're out of touch. And we'll do that next right here on the Pete the Planner Show. I'm Pete the Planner. Boy, oh, boy. Um, can I share some words with you? can we do it on the air well what I, i'm gonna go hypothetical here okay what if i was on a television show this week that the piece was syndicated across dozens of network affiliates no and potentially in this no. hypothetical situation no my understanding of this law on top of an additional media appearance that is yet to air on a podcast suggests that the rollover goes to the account owner. <sighs> I mean, that would be embarrassing, hypothetically. Good Lord. Hey, Jeremiah is watching <laughs> live. He's Jeremiah, back. oh, it's good to be with you. Jer I, last week on the show, I said, hey, uh, I was in a hurry, and I, I sort of stopped apologizing to Jeremiah because I just didn't know if he you know, really rode with us anymore. And he posted a video of him on Twitter, literally writing, listening to us with his uh, lovely wife in the car. So uh, Jeremiah, it's good to know that you've not given up on us yet. Yet. Yeah. Yet. I, Dame, I, I'm not kidding. Here's what I'm going to do. wonder if you could roll over 35. Oh, it's only the beneficiary. I, do you think you'll give if this is you? Do you, would you give the thirty five to your kid, or would you take the? Well, if it's only thirty five, I'd probably give it to my kid. I'd take it to myself. I don't know if it was. Let's. I mean, I, I have a lot saved for my kid, right? Let, let's yeah. say it's a hundred. I'm not yeah. giving a hundred thousand dollars to a twenty two year old because they got a scholarship. I'm just not doing it. No, 
Now, I mean, <clears throat> there are some rules inside of the 529 that you can get money back out to offset the scholarship, the value of the scholarship. And I think there's a little bit of taxation that's due uh, on that. But uh, the penalty is completely waived, if I remember correctly. And this is all subject to my horrible memory. Um, so, so there are ways to get money out to offset scholarships in that case. So I think this really only applies if there's money left over in a 529 after somebody goes all the way through their college education, whether it's undergrad, grad, whatever, and there's nothing left to do with it at that point. Or they just perceived there's nothing left to do with it at that point. Let's change lives in three, two, one. Back on the Pete the Planner show, answering your money questions. That's how the show works. You email us, askpete at petetheplanner.com. That's askpete at petetheplanner.com. Saying hello to our newest affiliate in Bloomington, Indiana, WGCL News Talk. Thanks for riding with us. Dame, they are on the AM and the FM. Wow. So if you appreciate the old school crackle, hit it on the AM. I do. If you, I, I don't know enough about radio. <laughs> I don't know enough about radio to know um why that is or how that works but nice to nice to be with you bloomington and and anderson and lafayette and mishawaka and kokomo and indiana who cares okay dame here we go got an email from a college student um clearly i'm i'm in that demo Mm. hi pete dame and Kristen. Mm. i'm a junior in college and i'm frustrated you know what i feel you how am I supposed to invest and save as a full-time student when all of my income goes straight back into school for my expenses? I can't even afford to fix my unreliable car. I'm not opposed to working more, but my parents are very much against it. I feel like my hands are tied and I'm losing ground already. What do I do? Avery. All right. So where, where do you begin on this other than, which is not a helpful comment, which I'm known for, this is normal. Like a college student is hard to get ahead. Yeah. Yes. This person is very practical and very ambitious, but they're arguably asking the impossible of themselves. No, hundred percent. I first, the first thing I do is encourage Avery and tell her that she's going to be okay because she's, her mindset's already trending in the right direction. Uh, she's already thinking long-term. She wants to make sure, uh, she's taken care of and that she's doing the right stuff, but she's got limited resources right now. And she has to be, I mean, we talk about treadmill time periods of your life, and this is very much a treadmill. You're trying to stay as close to even as you can, not go too far into debt. And if there's anything left over that you can contribute, great. But if there's not, okay, guess what? Time is still on your side when you graduate, whether you start saving at 18 or 20 or 22 or even 24 for retirement, you've got sometimes decades before people start taking saving for retirement uh, seriously. So you've got decades of uh, time over some other folks in this. And if your mind is already going towards what do I do? You're in good shape because you need to weather this storm seems a little bit strong, but you just get through this time period of your life, learn as much as you can. Uh, Try not to, to make too many expensive financial decisions. And as soon as you're out, you've already shown me that you are set up to work through your income and expenses in a mature and responsible way. And you're going to prioritize the stuff that really matters to you. Yeah. I'm with you. 
the good sign here is that the person cares and that same caring mind will be there uh, post-graduation. What do you think about this idea here? Okay, school year, I hear you. You you are doing some work. Your parents don't want you to work more. Okay, that's discussion between you all. But shouldn't that impact this person's summer jobs selection criteria? Uh, I used to make bank during the summers. And yeah, I used to spend it on Papa John's Pizza in Madison, Indiana, (laughs) uh, which resulted in weight gain. Um, And uh, courting Mrs. Planner, which that also worked out because the time. Anyway, but yeah, I mean, work in the summer and then do some interesting things with that money, right? Yeah, I mean, that's the answer that I would probably lean into what we don't know is you know, what is the course of study uh, are, are there you know internships that are being pursued that really don't pay much maybe there's not a lot of hours to, to go around maybe there are other responsibilities at home that have to be taken care of to, to help out the household there's there's a ton of variables that could potentially preclude uh, a lot of money being made uh, relatively speaking uh, for a student in the summer and even so maybe even if they do make a lot of money, if they're footing a lot of the bill for college themselves, I can see, and living expenses, I can see why all of that money that they make in the summer has to be banked and just get drawn down on throughout the semester themselves to make sure they're you know, having a, a reasonable experience at school. May I make a terrible recommendation? Yes, two segments in a row. Okay, so <laughs> actually it's 15 years in a row. Uh, so... At the risk of sounding like a 45 year old guy who's doing okay, telling a 20 something kid to work more, here we go. What if, and I don't know this person, I don't know what's going on, like you said, in the particulars, the dynamics of their house, but what if the summer, what if they just went nuts? Like they, they pursued low paying internships because they had to, but then. Had a second gig, got in the gig mm-hmm. economy at night on the weekends to 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 not take away the fun. But if this person cares this much about this, theoretically, they're already miserable with their financial life anyway. You might as well <laughs> fix that aspect of it. What do you what do you th- what do you think about that? Um, I think that's a for, terrible recommendation. But what do yeah, you think I, about that? I think for a very small subset of people, that suggestion might make sense. I think for the vast majority of folks. That's a sure way to burn yourself out in the summer and then continue that pattern once you get into the stresses of school. You know, this is a what's strange about if if we're going to line up. Oh, this is going to be aggressive. (laughs) (laughs) I just thought I work out about seven seconds ahead in my brain and we're going to an ugly place. Let's say there's a spectrum of ambition and responsible mentality for a college student. There's a spectrum. Oh man, this is going to be ugly. And and on one end, you've got this person, mm-hmm. right? Who is like, how can I invest? How can I save? How can I do better? They're on the the, the far end of the spectrum. On the other end of the spectrum is someone that none of this is on their radar, and their their perspective is much more self indulgent, much more myopic. I've really toned it down. It was going to be worse. Mm. Um, this person, in my estimation, is as far as a person can reasonably be as a college student is that the mentality is healthy and it is not myopic. I mean, is there any flowers in that? It's a really interesting perspective, actually, because if we think about... Why do you say actually? I mean, you can draw your own conclusions, but Uh if we think about the the average um, opportunities that a college student may have for 
you know, in school, out of school, employment, wage gain, whatever. Uh, I feel like Avery's probably taking advantage of most everything that is is being put in front of her at, at this point. And I think she's probably at the high end of that spectrum. So there's not probably a lot left on the table for her to try and scrape other unless she wants to go your your route and pick up a second job or figure out how to, to rake in some extra cash uh, on the on the side when she can, whether it's in school, out of school, whatever. But there is that other demographic where they're along for the ride, man. And uh, that doesn't work out too well. You usually end up uh, out of school with a lot of debt and not a whole much more to show for it. What if she just eats grains and legumes and then mm-hmm. just really f- scraps that way? What if she grows the grains and legumes and then sells what she doesn't eat for profit? Yeah, we've nailed it. Um, you know, you ever think about just trusting a person's brain? You know, we, we work here at Your Money Line with so many different types of people based on levels of stability. And there's one group of people we tend to work with where they've achieved so much that we trust their brain. We, 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 we can pour into them and be like, you know what, you can figure this out. And there's other folks that have not achieved that level of stability where, frankly, we just have a little less faith in their ability to have pattern recognition and know what to do. In this email, all I'm hearing and reading is, I trust this brain. And Sometimes you got to expect future good decisions from people who make good decisions. And the ugly flip side of that is why do we constantly surprise ourselves in life by being surprised by a person who makes bad decisions, making more bad decisions? Yeah, I I think you're right. Uh, Avery, in this case, probably hasn't had a chance to see a lot of those good decisions come to fruition yet. And so she doesn't have anything to bolster her self-confidence. And what we can do is say it's going to be okay with that big brain energy. All right, coming up after the break, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to talk to you about mortgages. I'm going to talk to you about why I'm shocked anyone's getting one right now. I'm Pete the Planner. That's a tease. I'll steal jokes. I got no pride. Lee sliding into our chat here. I'm going to see Lee soon. Did you know that? Really? Mm-hmm. Do I know where or why? No, I've got a breakfast scheduled with him for one of my trips to Indy here soon. Oh my gosh. Lee provided one of the greatest photos in show history. Yes. He was watching the live stream or what was he watching? He was watching the live stream, right? In his house? It was either the stream or replay. It was, sure. it was us on a TV. And the aesthetic of this living space was bonkers. Like it was bonkers. It was like a backlit TV. It was just um, unbelievable. I was like, Man, I've never been to a place that nice, and I'm just virtually there on the television. It's great. Yeah, yeah. I'd love a a VR you know goggle set where I could just virtually watch TV with did Lee ever, in that room. Did we ever look into what Lee does for a living? Do we ever do this? I mean, I've, I've you know, talked to him a few times. Yeah, mean that is is he in like a, a creative industry? I'll let Lee uh, divulge whatever he wants in the chat if he wants. I'm to. looking him up on LinkedIn right now. <laughs> I know, I know him. I just forget. Oh, here he goes. Okay, everyone, everyone calm down. Oh, 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 that makes sense. Mm-hmm. That makes a lot of sense. He's handsome too. Good hair. Yeah. Okay, man, you can go to his wife. I like these guys love me. <laughs> I'll call a handsome man a handsome man. I'm not opposed to that. Oh, speaking of handsome men. Uh, our very own Stephen here at the office. He and his oh, wife yeah. welcomed a little girl this week. Congrats to 
uh, maybe Blackburn. You yeah. have to be named at this point, right? It's, uh, what, last time I saw it wasn't. I wasn't sure if they had settled on anything uh, since the, the announcement. She's a lovely little girl. Well, mom and daughter are doing fine. And Steven's probably hugging everyone because that's what he does. <laughs> 100%. Okay, column time. Um, mm-hmm. Are you ready to go? Sure. Neat. Three, two, one. Back on the Pete the Planner show. All right, Dame. I wrote in my IBJ column this week, which stands for, could be several things, but we're going to go with Indianapolis Business Journal mm-hmm. column about how I was at a party. True. What? I, I, okay. It was more of a gathering. That's even it was a, a gathering. stretch. Okay. It was some people in a circle uh, last weekend and someone brought up, oh, would you ever move? And I got visibly ill. Because I have a two and a half percent mortgage, a ten-year mortgage, two and a half percent. Current mortgage rates are somewhere around seven, and I'm not going to argue what they are, but they're around seven. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. That's like a dog barking saying no, no. I don't know. I did that. We have a new affiliate in Bloomington, Indiana, and had. they are terrified. Had had had. had. Yeah. Dame, why would anyone? voluntarily give up what I view to be their greatest asset, which is a two and a half percent mortgage during high interest rate environment to a whatever money they're currently borrowing, buy or a borrow at a higher rate. And you know, when people move, what do they generally do? They take on more, more. debt yeah. and they're going to take on that at a higher rate. It makes no sense. Job change is one. Uh, maybe they have to move. I don't know if you would call that a voluntary, uh, you know, I would not Real call that voluntary, okay. oddly enough. All right. Uh, retiring. They own the house outright, and they are just selling it and going to only use a portion of the proceeds to buy a new house. They're I, downsizing. I, yeah. So, uh, okay. There's a couple points there that actually may conflict in my mind. Number one, the cash buyer um, is out of the picture because they're not taking on a mortgage. Are you just saying they're taking on a small mortgage? Uh, they could potentially take on a small mortgage to you know, just 7%. have a little bit of extra cash. Okay, okay, so that, that's one. Number two, downsize, schmound size. I, I think people right size. I don't think downsizing actually is a thing anymore because you don't, very few people downsize from a financial perspective. They may downsize from a square footage mm-hmm. perspective, but what they'll do is, oh, you get bigger closets, you get a big kitchen island. I don't use in this voice for no particular reason. <laughs> like you just do all these things, and the house is more expensive because you have more expensive tastes because you've earned it. You got kids out of the house, hopefully. I think I'm projecting. Have you thought about? I mean, I I roughly know what you're hoping to do in retirement. Sure. Have you thought about your housing plan for yes. for uh, post retirement? Are do you think you will downsize in square foot significantly after you retire? Yes. Interesting. I am just. But, I, but the price will go up. Right, but in my mind, well, I mean, then the sale price of your house should go up as well, right? I mean, it, there's some correlation there. So I view my mortgage as one of the most valuable tools I have in my financial arsenal or would be a toolbox. Can you have a tool in an arsenal or what I've said, weapon in an arsenal tool in a toolbox? Whatever makes you happy, Pete. You carry a flashlight in your pocket. You should know these things. We don't want to go into this for that segment. One of our listeners, an OG listener down in North Carolina, I think, or South Carolina hit me up on Instagram this week and says he's team flashlight in the pocket. Ha. He's a real man, though. What? More than you. He hunts and fishes. Do you think I haven't ever killed something? 
Okay, <laughs> moving <laughs> on. Um, anyway, uh, I view my mortgage as a tool, and it's not only because it will be paid off by the time my son goes to college, but it's because it it occupies so little of my obligation. And here's the other here's the other wild part about this seven percentage rate. I actually I gave a, a pertinent example here. Let's say right. Uh, a couple years ago, you borrowed three hundred thousand at three percent on a thirty-year mortgage. Through the life of that loan, you're paying one hundred, roughly one hundred and fifty thousand dollars in interest. Okay, so you're buying a three hundred thousand dollars home for four hundred fifty thousand dollars outlay. Okay, you with me? Yeah. At seven and a quarter percent, which is a very common interest rate right now on a thirty-year mortgage for the same three hundred thousand thing, whatever it is, the shanty. I, I, I don't mean that. Yeah. Whatever. $436,750 yeah. in, in interest, Dame, that's nearly three times. So you're talking about $736,000 versus $450,000. Don't even, don't even mention the fact that your payment on a monthly basis is going to be so much significantly higher that you're going to be able to live less life and fund fewer goals. You're going to have an outlay that's nearly three times higher with this decision. I've thought about um, our mortgage, we refinanced roughly about the exact same time you did. Yep. And, you know, it's kind of in our nature. It's like, okay, maybe we pay down the mortgage a little bit faster. I have no desire to pay my mortgage down faster right now. I, I'm sure, I'm sure you have yours timed up for a, a, some meaningful events in your life. Mine is pretty close to that. But even if it was off by a number of years, I don't know that I could bring myself to pay it off faster because the mortgage is so cheap. And it just doesn't make any sense to throw additional cash at that that liability right now. I want to take you back two years. Sure. And let's say that you and I were going to buy a brand new house and we Ooh. had cash. We, we're, we're hanging out. We're like, we've decided to cohabitate. Okay. We're buying a house. We've got the cash. But we look over and it's like, well, hey, you could just actually borrow it at 2.5%. Okay. We're probably going to borrow it 2.5%. We're not going to do a huge cash outlay, right? Yeah. And I feel like that's potentially really dangerous uh, uh you know advice or a projection for a lot of people because that doesn't always work out well for some individuals even though it may be the mathematically right thing to do you could end up in a worse spot if you but, don't take that money that you have in cash and use it wisely and then absorb that mortgage you have nothing to show for it. It's a yes and, not an either or, right? It's a, you you can make that purchase with with two and a half percent mortgage, but then you've got to theoretically earn more than two and a half percent on your assets. Which I'm not going to call it easy. I'll call it nuanced uh, because here's the alternative right now. You, you're going to take out a mortgage at seven and a quarter percent. Yeah, your money market's earning four percent, but are are we are we seeing the spread? Are we seeing that in, in order to sit on cash and, and outpace the seven and a quarter mortgage rate, you'd actually have to put your money at risk in the market? Yeah, I, I'll, I, I, we got a minute or so left, two minutes left. I, here, but here's where I'm at. Who in the world with a two and a half, three percent mortgage right now is voluntarily moving, voluntarily? That's like, oh, yeah, we just want more space. It's a terrible financial decision. So here's the question. What does that interest rate have to drop to oh, for yeah. you to consider voluntarily getting out of a, a current mortgage that is 
in the two to three percent range? Oh, me uh, won't happen personally. If we're just, I mean, I will answer it two ways. Okay, I will say yeah. me not going to happen. It would have to drop the two percent, <laughs> and then I would do it. <laughs> um, I don't. I mean, in the fours, you could maybe justify it. And and let's also acknowledge that seven percent, six seven percent. In the big scheme of things, not that bad. Not bad. Not yeah. that bad. And so what, what freaks me out here is if you are a renter right now, this doesn't freak me out, but if you're a renter right now, yeah, buy a house. I wouldn't wait for interest rates necessarily come down. But if you're already in it, then if you're already in a home, it's a terrible idea to change up right now. Yeah. And if you are uh, looking to buy a house, if you are that renter right now, Set your expectations accordingly. Uh, you, you're not going to see the deals that you saw two years ago. You know, uh, on the Facebook live stream, uh, Stephen uh, mentions uh, homeowners. He corrected himself. Uh, so on average, sell every seven to ten years. Mm-hmm. Absolutely true, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, and and that's you know, we won't go too deep into it, but that's why the uh, real estate industry will have things like starter home and family home and dream home. That's why we sort of label it to to perpetuate the idea of selling every seven to ten years. Seven to ten years. They might have been in my house for 14 years, and this will be the 15th year. <laughs> I'm not getting out uh, at least for another uh, four, uh, seven years. No, 10 years. I'm there. Sure. Nice. Uh, 11. Uh, this will be my 11th uh, for yeah. us. And you're going nowhere. No. 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 Coming up after the break. A 20-second tease for the next segment. Okay, coming up after the break, is it's called Biggest Waste of Money of the Week. So we got a new affiliate this week in Bloomington, Indiana, WGCL, easy for me to say. And so every fourth segment, we do an item that is the giant waste of money. We do it every week. We've done it for over a decade, and that's what we'll do next right here on the Pete the Planner Show. It actually worked out. I got to explain how the show works. Yeah, they'll appreciate it if they stuck with us through the first segment. Damn, I've got a big mode switching day, which I typically don't have those these days yeah. where I've a diverse number of high brain tasks, but mm-hmm. they're so diverse that I can't get in a flow. It's like I, you know, you saw some of my correspondence this morning mm-hmm. on a particular topic and then switch to trying to be entertaining. Right. And then the calls that I have, I'm like, so it's weird. I went into this day really dreading it. Uh, then add in the two and a half hours sleep because uh, the stomach flu hit our house and yeah. I'm, I'm out there moving trash bags around. I mean, it was, yeah. it was a good time. Man to man defense. It was. It was. Shuffle uh, your feet. Don't get, don't get crossed over. It was wild. You know, it's weird. As you get older as a person through childhood, you, you, you figure out the when to make it to the toilet situation. Mm-hmm. But it's those formative years that you just can't figure it out. Oh, Rick Swink just asked a really good question. I think I know the answer. Really? I think I know the answer. I could go back to the archives, but I am not that guy. <laughs> question was, what is the first Blom? I believe, I brought this up recently, and I've either conflated it with the first one or, you know what? I've Evernote right here on my computer, and I've got every radio show ever. Really? The early ones. Oh. <laughs> Not these. I haven't so, prepared so. <laughs> in a decade. Um, what did we call that radio? Oh, I had a radio folder. Oh, here it is. Oh, 2010. Oh, man. Uh, oh, this is going to get interesting. Okay, hold on, everybody. 
I think it was a dog running service where you could pay someone to not walk your dog in Chicago, but to run, uh, to run your dog. Oh, depending on the dog, that's probably worth every penny. Oh, we we're we may do it. Okay, we are back to two thousand nine. I think I found it. Oh my gosh, this is the first entry, November eighteenth, two thousand nine. This could be it. Envelopes. If you're the type of person that still sends correspondence via snail mail and you like the taste of bacon, and really who doesn't, then you need to grab yourself some envelopes. These standard size bacon looking bacon looking envelopes eschew the nasty and potentially deadly glue of old for a new adhesive that tastes just like real bacon. Just don't forget the postage. Seven dollars for twenty five of them. How shocked are you that I was actually able to come up with that? I, I mean, that's potentially the most uh, exciting revelation, surprising revelation that we've had on this show in my tenure. Holy cow. Oh my gosh. I can't believe that. We did it. We should end the show. Did you, uh, I, I mean, I know you helped your dad uh, when you were younger, uh, yeah. much like I did. Did Was one of your jobs ever uh, licking stamps and envelopes? Amazing question. I was in charge of liquid adhesive, mm -hmm. but they had a porcelain water roller. Mm -hmm. And the, the only thing is like the, the, it would get gummy and you just had to change out the water. And so it was this white porcelain with this white roller and you, I would always roll envelopes and then your hands get all, absolutely, absolutely. I, so I said, were you licking or did you have a ceramic roller? As old school manual, I was licking every single one of those things. Uh, if you did it today, you'd get stuck in your your goatee Good. there. Good. Does he call that? A, it's not a goatee. It's a beard because it goes it's a up. beard. It's a yeah. full beard. Yeah. You did shave it down the last couple of weeks. Yeah, I it, uh, it had a small, small uh, trimming accident and uh, necessitated uh, cutting it down greatly. In let's, size. Get, let's get a close up of you there. Dame, I know that we are a podcast and there's an audio situation going on here. Um, you, you have uh, really trimmed up here, uh, and not yeah. just the hair. Uh, you've lost a few lbs, my man. A few. Uh, still have a few more to go. Hit a little bit of a plateau recently, but yeah, this this too shall pass. Just got to keep fighting the good fight. We'll get there. This is not a helpful comment. Uh, I was in my photos on my phone the other day. I want to see if I can find it. And you know how you, it, it it finds certain people. Yes. What do they call it? People and places. Yeah. So I opened it and I saw you. Um, <laughs> Depending on the year, it could have been great. I don't right, know. So this is 2018, July 6th of 2018. Yeah. Okay. Dude, I'm trying to show it. Oh, wait, I don't I don't have my picture up on the screen. Podcasters love our show. Mm. Right, let me go solo layout for me, for the people. Uh, here we go. Can people see that? Mm -hmm. Look, those how, were those were your glasses, by the way. I know you were trying to look like me. Yeah, uh, but man, look how skinny Uncle yeah. Dame is. Okay, let's back. Let's do the show. I bet the people in Bloomington are just—they're not listening to this. I know. I'm just saying. Like at this oh. point, they're like coming to terms with what's going on, and they're—they're they're totally whelmed. Like not overwhelmed, not underwhelmed, just whelmed. This is whelming. Can something be whelmed? I mean, this is sort of like an old hacky joke, but I'm curious. Has to be, right? Is whelming a word? Whelming. Whelm. Uh, engulf, submerge, or bury. So you can okay. be whelmed. Sure. What does feeling whelmed mean? What is 
Okay. Well, I mean, we really let's continue. Jeremiah, we got stuff to do. We don't have time for your <sighs> your garbage. All right, I gotta pull up biggest waste of money of the week, and then we will hit the hit the road here. Yeah, this is dead space. That's what it sounds like, everybody. Oh no. You don't have it? I do, but I just gotta find it. Oh, what? Uh shh, calm down. Calm down. There it is. All right. Here we go. In three, two, one. This week's biggest waste of money of the week, right here on the Pete the Planner show, is okay. the Tiffany and Co. Nike Air Force One. 1837 shoebox. Tiffany and Co. recently collaborated. Tiffany and Co. recently collaborated with Nike on the black suede and Tiffany blue Air Force One 1837 sneakers. Did we talk about those on the show? I don't think so. I've seen them. They sold out instantly. To mark the occasion, Tiffany's artisans created a special shoebox crafted by hand in Rhode Island. Over the course of 155 hours, it's made using the brand's signature 0.925 sterling silver, polished to a mirror-like shine, and sports the iconic swoosh on the top, while the Tiffany & Company mark can be found underneath the lid. Weighing in at 23 pounds, it's one of one alternative to the Tiffany blue cardboard box in which the sneakers shipped. Pricing is available upon request. So I don't even know the cost. I don't. And, and like I know that that goes against the spirit of Blom here. But like, Dame, that's an that's a wild waste of money. Uh yes. Uh right now it looks like spot on silver per ounce is 20 bucks, give or take. So okay, yes, this uh, is what I wanted. 20 bucks times 356 ounces. Uh, the, in materials alone, it's about seventy one hundred bucks in in silver. Then you're gonna double that at least for the Tiffany logo, and uh, so you're probably looking at a twenty thousand dollar box. I'm guessing. Okay, so the math was there's sixteen ounces in a pound, right? Correct. And so sixteen times twenty three times twenty for the yep. the silver's only twenty dollars an ounce. That's what I got. Huh. Dame, what's in the news this week? I got to get back to the right page now. I had to. Oh, Bloomington's so disappointed. Yeah, that's all right. Get, get ready. More consumers are leaning on credit cards to afford increasingly expensive necessities such as well, food and rent. The, uh, that helped propel total credit card debt to a record $930.6 billion at the end of 2022, an 18.5% spike from a year earlier. According to the latest quarterly report by TransUnion, the average balance rose to just over 5800 bucks in that same period. Is that average balance per card or, or in aggregate? That's a great question. The article does not say. I'm going card because I, I remember. Good. Yeah, I, I I think the back back when I was uh, fertile. I don't know actually what that means. Back in the day, I remember like average household credit card debt was like sixteen thousand bucks. So mm-hmm. the, I don't I can't give you a timestamp on that. Uh, but there's no way fifty eight hundred is the all time high now. No, I think that's got to be per card. What do you, what do you think here? Like, let's let's try to a be empathetic about this. But look, like, my feeling is that consumer appetite 
was stoked by stimulus stimulus and uh then when the money went away it's hard to get rid of that appetite that's my that's my gut we did such a great job of trying to prevent our economy from falling into shambles with all the stimulus and spending that it stoked that now we have consequences left over from that we we are still spending money uh like we did when we had it and a lot of people don't anymore so and combine that with inflation uh even if they've cut back on a lot of the uh spending that they wouldn't have done otherwise other stuff is just expensive and they are stuck between a rock and a hard place at this point yeah yeah, I mean, I get it. And and that's that's what scares me about whatever could happen next if there is going to be an, a prolonged recession or a period of contraction, which it feels a little bit up in the air, especially this week with some of the banking news mm-hmm. that's been going on. <clears throat> well, and then even this morning, there was a uh, the announcement, the jobs report came out and they added more jobs, almost 100,000 more jobs than what was uh, estimated by you know, Wall Street experts at this point. And Yes, unemployment happened to get nudged up by a couple tenths of a percent, but you just aren't sure which direction it's going to go. Stocks uh, took that news in stride, and actually the futures were up at that point. I haven't looked to see what the market's doing yet today, but uh, they are not uh, you know, concerned as of today about what Mr. Jerome Powell's going to do to interest rates. I'd give that another you know few days, and they'll freak out, and prices will go down, and We'll be on that roller coaster. Let's acknowledge too that inflation probably led to higher credit card balances. You sure. know, because if people are putting going to the grocery yep. store and dealing with that. By the way, of the new jobs report, I'm stealing your news segment. Sure. Uh, leisure and hospitality were 105,000 of those jobs. Interesting. Healthcare and social assistance, just under 63,000. Retail, 50,000. Government, 46,000. Professional and business services, 45,000. Okay, so this is where it gets a little wild. Uh, Information lost 25,000 jobs. I'm going to go with that's tech, right? That's got to be tech. And transportation and whale whale housing. That's where you keep like hammerhead (laughs) and sperm whales. Yeah. Um, Rare opportunity there, by the way. Uh, Transportation and warehousing, 21,000 jobs lost. And manufacturing, 4,000 jobs lost. So it all netted out uh, uh, to... uh, 300 and some. 311,000. What else is the news? Uh, uh, Returning female workers are helping to power the economy despite high inflation and interest rates. Working women have gained more jobs than men for four straight months and now hold more than 49.8% of all non-farm payroll positions. A good chunk of those are in the service sector, the economy's underlying source of strength. The influx comes after the COVID-19 pandemic, knocked close to 12 million women out of work compared with 10 million men. Many women are reaping wage gains as employers compete for a limited pool of workers, which is helping support renewed growth in consumer spending. That's great news. That's great news. This week, as we celebrated International Women's Day, is it, uh, it was uh, March 8th, is that right? The 9th? 8th. 9th. Uh, I don't know. 8th. Nobody knows. Yes. What else? Yeah. More companies are offering child care at work. A persistent labor shortage in the Biden administration incentives for chip makers are motivating more companies to explore on-site child care. Best place for working parents, a network of 1,700 businesses promoting family-friendly employer policies found that nearly 11% of the network's members provided on-site child care between April 2021 and September 2022, up 9.3% in the first year of the COVID-19 pandemic and five and a half percent in the months before pandemic lockdowns began in March, 2020. A big reason many of them say is to 
better recruit working parents, some of whom whom shifted to part-time work or left the labor force altogether amid pandemic-fueled exodus of childcare workers. All right. It's dumb math with Pete on the radio time here, and I'm going to get out over my skis. So everyone, get ready. Dame, let's say you're a big business, and you've got 50 families that have $2,000 a month of health care or, or child care costs each. Okay. So, okay. Mm-hmm. all right, it's $100,000. Okay. Okay. And let's say that as a business, you can uh, put a child care in the building there, staff it at, at appropriate wages, and I don't want to say write it off because that's a little weird way to go about it, but it, it it's a plus plus the math works in a big way and it makes life so much easier for employees. I, I, I know like we used to work with one of the largest childcare mm-hmm. companies in the world. And I know that that was a big, you know, uh, vertical for them. And I got to think post pandemic is people, if you ask people to come back to work, you got to give them a place for their kids. It's gotta be booming business. You got to think. I- I would think there was a large employer in my neck of the woods that offered childcare for their employees. And it was a big story when they took it away because it impacted families uh, and, and how they had to uh, make the changes. Sometimes we forget that as employers, the job sometimes is getting things out of your people's way so they can do the work that they want to do that contributes to the bigger uh, pot, which is get problems out of the way, get childcare costs out of the way, get find lack of financial literacy out of the way, get healthcare issues out of the way, get mental health challenges out of the way. And if you can do that, then it seems just more cooperative. But then again, what am I talking about what we actually do for a living? I don't know. Bloomington, welcome to the party. Uh, glad to have you as an affiliate here on the Pete the Planner Radio Network. That's all we have time for. Send you good vibes. Good vibes are all that's in the budget. I'm Pete the Planner. And I missed the out by three seconds, so that's good. Oh, Dame. I have to go do things. It, it, it kind of felt like an old school show. It did. Do you, do you think uh, in Bloomington, Mellencamp just sits in the studio and plays the uh, the intros and outros for us? Howard Moore. That's an amazing joke. <laughs> that's an amazing joke. Because some people are like, I, what is he talking about? I don't care. It was well worth the deep cut that that was. Congratulations, Damien. You've gotten funnier in 23. Did something happen over the holidays? I started losing weight. I think that was, it was slowing me down. Uh, It was slowing the brain down. The mayonnaise was just like clogging up the brain. Yeah. (sighs) Okay. I got to go. You got to go. We got to go. Kristen, come back. The show was fine without her, but the show was better with her. She made a comment. I know. I didn't want to acknowledge it. I did. Uh, yes, Kristen was going to have a bad guess. Big surprise. All right, Kristen, come bring your bad, bad guesses back next week. Uh, hey, everybody. Stay getting money. <laughs>